I'm Aria Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan and a special co-host this episode and welcome to the Windsider Show where it's all about the W, the Minnesota Lynx. What's their roster situation and what are they facing this free agency period? Let's dive in. show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com remember that's windsider.com and remember downloading the episode makes our stats look better and allows us to continue doing this important work want to sponsor an episode of the windsider show or more email us info at windsider.com now this is a fun episode fun special episode for me because it's the first time my little baby augustus is joining us for a recording any listeners if he makes any noises he did not want to go down in his uh bassinet so instead daddy's holding him he wants to talk basketball yeah let's talk links basketball it's only fitting right it's only fitting that this will be his first episode um even though my wife is adamant that he is going to be a Mystics fan, but I don't know about that. You make your own choices. Um, but let's talk. Minnesota Lynx, uh, a very sticky situation. The metaphor I use is, you know, they're a boat and both ends of the boat are kind of starting to sink or are in trouble while the center of the boat is just solid. Now, I realize that that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> I, I'm with you. But, I know what you're trying to say. <laughs> right? Because here's the thing. At the guard position, at the point guard position... They don't have depth, and they're they need to sign Baglasia. At the center position, at the bigs, they don't have depth, and they need to sign back Sill. So let's run it down real quick, like we've been doing for every team, running over who's currently on roster, who are the major free agents, and what their cap space is looking like. Let's start it off up top: Kayla McBride, Ariel Powers, Natalie Chanwa, Demiris Dantas, Bridget Carlton, Nafisa Collier. Crystal Dangerfield, Renaya Davis, and Jessica Shepard. So those are who are currently on the roster. And I got to give props to Cheryl Reeve and to uh, Bridget Carlton for doing a team-friendly contract to start, a a training camp contract. And this is a great example of it. This doesn't hit their books. So right now they have 432K open in cap space. Now they would have a lot less. They'd have 72,000 less. If Bridget Carlton signed a straight up contract, obviously I think she's going to make this roster unless they need to move her in a trade to free up some space because here's the trick. You look at this team, McBride, Powers, Carlton, uh, Renaya Davis. Those are all players who can really shift anywhere from two, three, and even maybe, maybe four if you're playing some small ball. Um, So they're a really tricky situation because they're so wing heavy and they're lacking that depth at the point guard position, a position that they hoped Crystal Dangerfield could kind of take over and do um, with her and Rachel Bantam, but it didn't work last year. And because it didn't work, they had to bring in Leisha Clarendon, who really showed why it worked to have a facilitating player who can also get to the basket and is just that vet-savvy, smart point guard. Um, And it really worked out for them. And on the flip side, they really, I mean, 
this Achanwa 160,000 contract is really, lack of better terms, screwing them over, mm-hmm. Gus Gus, because <laughs> with that huge contract, you know, look, Achanwa, fine, make 100K. That's fine. But that 60 really hampers their ability to go out and get a good backup. Like a, somebody like a Tiana Hawkins, who just recently was announced that she was waived by the Atlanta Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons, the Atlanta <laughs> Dream. Um, and that really causes some issues because let me run it down. As I was talking before, they got 432 in cap space. And the key free agents that you're kind of looking at are Sylvia Fowles, Leja Clarendon, and Rachel Banham. And Rachel Banham, a player who I, you know, we have that Minnesota connection and I love her, but her play has never really fully, you know, hit the moment that we hoped it would hit. She's not the second coming of Lindsay Whalen just yet. Um, but so Rachel, talk to me because for me, this is this is where the issue is. I'm going to bore everyone with the numbers real quick, and then we'll kind of talk about what you do. Having Nafisa Collier out this season, you expect her out all season because of what her due date is, and you can't expect someone after giving birth to just hop back in. Everybody's different. You can hope for it, but you can't plan on it. So the situation that they're at is, essentially, you assume that Sylvia Fowles is willing to take a team-friendly contract of not a Supermax, but still get somewhere around the 200K mark. Assuming Sill gets 200K, then if you can sign Lasia to, you know, around 80K, definitely north or south of 90K, all right, that brings you down to a point where you're still going to have to sign Carlton. Now, if you can get Lasia price-wise down around that 80K mark, that allows you the ability to go out and sign someone right around that vet minimum. So you're not SOL. You can find someone to fill in that hole. But again, Natalie Achanwa getting 160 really damages your ability to go out and get a top tier big who could really impact this, take a little weight off Sill. And, you know, Dantas is coming off an injury. What's her health situation going to be like? I expect her back. But is she going to be the Dantas of the bubble? Is she going to be the Dantas of early on season last year or late season last yeah. year? Yeah. Where her injury really kind of doomed their playoff hopes. What are your thoughts? No, I agree with everything you said. You said it perfectly. I mean, I I, I think that Jessica Shepard is um, a big part of this roster as well. And and, and obviously, Renaya Davis is is to be determined. So you do have some pieces here that I think are promising, particularly Shepard. I'm a big Jessica Shepard fan. Um, but, but still, without Collier, you're looking at this team going, okay, how do we bridge this gap? I mean, obviously, it starts with Sylvia Fowles and securing her um, a, a team friendly and in a perfect situation. And, and, you know, d- assuming she wants to play, I mean, there's a lot of question marks there. You have to bring her back. I, I agree with you on Clarendon. Um, just love what Clarendon brings to this roster. Um, I think it's a phenomenal fit. Honestly, at this point, I can't imagine her with anyone else. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, that, the- I'll, I'll build off that Rachel, yeah. because I, I just feel the need to say it because I've spent years for lack of a better term, hating on her, um, or on them, I apologize. Um, you know, it's it's one of those situations where her play style isn't, you know, the fad of the W right now. And I've hated on her play style for a while, but when you saw what she did when she joined Minnesota, and maybe enough people have listened to me give this spiel, but I feel like, you know, if I you know, talk negatively about a player and they prove me wrong. I have to do my due diligence to accept that I was wrong, you know, and uh, and shut up and move forward, right? But part of that is accepting I was wrong and acknowledging when she came to this team, 
She made this team a contender. Mm-hmm. Before that, they were not sure, a contender. She joined this team. She brought the best out of all the players around her. Heck, even Crystal Dangerfield. The thing with Crystal Dangerfield, and I've seen a lot of chatter on social about the possibility of trading her. That's not out of question. But what I would say is, think about it this way. When you look back at Crystal Dangerfield's stats, she was leading this team in many stats when it came to the last two minutes of the third quarter and the whole fourth quarter. I, I just, now, yeah, I just don't think you give up on Crystal Dangerfield. You know, there you can't. It's so early on, and what Crystal Dangerfield, the type of player and just um, competitor she is, God, I just, I just, and especially after what she was able to do year one, I mean. How do you just go away from that? You've got to give it more time. And, and honestly, this is a year with Minnesota. People have got to step up. Natalie Achanwa has to produce. Dantas, you've got to give us more. Dangerfield, you've got to give us more. You know, especially Renaya Davis, you know, we've got to implement you into this roster and, and, and you've got to be, start to become something. Shepard, we've got to get we've got to get something from Jessica Shepard. Shepard's a player that I want to ask you about, Rachel. Yes. Um, now, she's playing... Uh-huh. Okay, her average stats, people, if you haven't checked out what Jessica Shepard's averaging overseas this season, granted, she's not playing for one of the powerhouses. I believe she's playing in Italy. It's not the greatest league. It's not the worst league. But she's basically averaging like 25 and 22. (laughs) Right? She dropped like a 40-25 game, a 45-25 game or something like that. I mean, here's the thing with her. When she came in that rookie season, her and Nafisa were just running it. And I, and I remember continuously saying, that's what happens when you come from championship mentality colleges and you go to a championship mentality team. And they just knew it, right? You could see it in their effort. You could see it in their play and in their demeanor. This is going to be a huge year for her. I know the links are invested in her. If she can step up and help fill the role of a missing Nafisa Collier, mm-hmm. that's huge because... You don't necessarily need to. Like, I, I was talking about a Tiana Hawkins. The reason I'm thinking about Tiana Hawkins is my concern with this Lynx roster is before Fee goes down, you have Fee and Dantas as your major. You know, Dantas would sometimes play the five, sometimes say the four. She can hit the three very well. Fee struggled from three last year. That's a tongue twister. But <laughs> she has that ability and she kept teams honest. Yeah. When you lose Fee, you literally now only have one big. Who can shoot the three? Yeah. Like Sylvia Fowles ain't pulling up from three. Natalie Achano ain't pulling up from three, right? So that's where it gets tricky. And Jessica Shepard is not known for her shooting ability. If she can add in a three ball, that that's why I'm saying, you know, if they can get a low level, and by low level, I mean contract-wise, uh, vet who can play the four, maybe even serviceable at the five, who can hit the three, that's the important part this team has to be looking for. You know for. who would and be honestly, good would be like a Heinz Allen. Oh, that okay. That wouldn't even be fair, though, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. oh no, for sure. But I mean, yeah. if you could pull it off, and if you if you move the right pieces, if that's something that you can get done, I, she fits in seamlessly with this raw, in my opinion, and brings an aspect that they either don't have or they desperately need, and is such a good complement with with Fowles, assuming she's returning. Regardless, if Fowles is returning or not, I love I love. That. If Fowles isn't returning, then you need to make some big moves. And Huge. look, if Fowles isn't returning, then I think you go full port full court press on a player like Maisha on a player like, you know, Mercedes Russell on you're looking for that big, big, right. Um, You're looking for somebody who can be that impactful superstar because 
again, this isn't a shot to Kayla McBride or Ariel Powers, but realistically, their superstar is Sill, who's backed up by Nafisa. And with Nafisa out this season, if you're missing both of those players, yeah, it's a patchwork, but you can make it work to a degree of making the playoffs. I fully expect this team, talent-wise, even without Sill, to make the playoffs because then they have enough money to make a big move. Um, but the question really comes down to, I mean, honestly, the more I talk about it, once you secure Lasia, you have enough, enough depth with Lasia and Crystal and, you know, Powers is serviceable at the guard at the point guard. Um, if you really, really, really needed to, you could throw, you know, McBride or Carlton or something like you have enough guards. My thing is this, I wouldn't be shocked to see a Renaya Davis get moved. I wouldn't be shocked to see one of these wings get moved or, you know, they still have Zandalicini on suspended contract. Sure. Like this team Same with Maya Moore. Their depth, Does she come back? Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if my, okay. Here's the craziest thing in a crazy alternate universe where Sylvia Fowles retires, Maya Moore comes back. You start Dantas at the five, <laughs> like McBride powers more oh. Dantas. And Lasia, like, not a championship team, but, uh, you know, if Maya Moore's in I mean, Maya Moore shape, I mean, that's a scary team. We can dream. We can dream. I, I fully don't expect her coming back. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing with me is also, like, the more I look at this roster, I think I know Cheryl Reeve is, uh, is a proponent of draft the best available, right? She's made that abundantly clear, whether or not that's how she truly believes, but that's what she says uh, post-draft days. I would have to say, like, looking at it, you got to think, this team wants a big. Now, mm-hmm. you know me, Rachel. I am I am not at the point of having enough NCAA knowledge yet where I can speak to this. But I'm just going to say, like, draft-wise, when you look at this draft and you look at the upperclassmen, do you consider this a draft that has some good depth at the bigs? What, what What's what's uh, Minnesota's pick? I don't even know. I'm terrible. The eighth pick. Um, man. Um at that at that point it, it's interesting i mean you, you know you 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 do have sika kone who is an inter- international prospect that in my opinion is very um appealing um there's some question marks of who's going to come out um you know ayoka uh, ayoka lee from um kansas state i mean she's she's a 66 but I, I've, I, I've heard that, that she may not come out, so you could be looking at next year. I mean, Alyssa Smith is going to go way before eight, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're looking at kind of this this roster, and I, I don't have the list of, of kind of top prospects in front of me. Who could even be a – I, I don't know. I, I don't think you have it in the draft. I don't think that's the answer for this team to get done what they need to do. Now, I do like, like a player like Shakira Austin from Old Miss – um, six, five, she's really skilled. I, I just, honestly, I think I watch her sometimes and I think she should be up in contention of, um, a lottery pick, like, like, or maybe potentially in first or second pick. And then other times I think she could drop down a little bit further, but if, 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 if a player like Austin was available, you know, that's, she brings some elements or an Elisa Cunane, um, she's, she's, you know, really steady and has been consistent for NC state. So, I mean, there is some size, um, it just depends, you know, at, at that point, who's still available. But yeah, I think, I think, I mean, if I'm, if I'm the, um, the links, that's the direction I'm going to go. I'm looking for young um, interior talent that can be, you know, developed post Sylvia Fowles era. I, I agree with that. I think the trouble with that is also that, and this is, you know, 
I say this and, I'm, and I might get a lot of flack. When I look back at Cheryl Reeves' resume as a GM, I have to say the the stain is definitely, at least as of now, this Natalie Achanwa contract. Um, and I was speaking to some WNBA fans, some Minnesota Lynx fans recently about this, and they and they were listing off, you know, the draft picks and some of the signings that they had during those championship runs. And I just remember saying like, honestly, like if I'm Cheryl in those spots, I'm doing the biggest gamble possible. Mm -hmm. I'm going after players who, you know, likely are going to be, you know, not around the league for very long as we saw. But in that same respect, I'm looking at players who, you know, could cash out big and it's not the biggest worry if they don't, because of the depth they have, because of the players that they had. Now this is a different situation. They kind of are, are back to earth, back to reality, where I agree with you. They they should be thinking about the post-Sylvia Fowles era, and they don't have a solution right now unless you're going to continuously start Dantas at the five. You know, she's only at this is her last year on contract, then she's unrestricted free agent. And honestly, she's taking a team-friendly contract at 129 secured. When you look at you know, what Powers and McBride are making and what Achan was making. Like, Dantas mm -hmm. should be making more than Achanwa. Yeah. And Achanwa is, like, I can't say this enough. Her contract is just hampering this team, not only because of its price tag, but because, like, when I look at the free agent bigs, I look and I go, huh, there are some players that you could well off, you know, bring on mm -hmm. as legitimate pieces as a backup five serviceable four. Mm -hmm. But they don't have the money because of that, and you can't just drop a Chanwa because you still hit that cap. Right. So like, well, and and who's gonna pick it's up just that contract? A really tough situation. You know, who who's gonna pick up that contract? And I mean, here's the thing: I love Natalie Chanwa. I, I watched her extensively when she was with the Fever, and I think I think the intention is, you know, that 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 steady, that that um, consistent force, that high skilled, uh, high IQ is what I'm trying to say. Um, can come in and, and kind of fill that role and this is going to be about the team. And she she has so many elements to her game that I have always loved. But to come in and give you 12 minutes a game and three and a half points um, and two rebounds, I mean, that's, that's just not going to get it done for the type of contract that she's holding. So, I mean, you know, I... I you know, we're, we're, we're being hard on the situation. It was one year... Um, Obviously, I, I don't think she's going to end up going anywhere. But Achanwa, you've got to get more production out of that. I mean, it's got to be, it's got to be, you know, I think it's got to be closer to, you know, 20, 22 minutes a game. Um, you've got to get, you know, nine and nine and six every night, you know, like close to 10 points a game and, you know, six rebounds and, you know, just be steady, you know, get the ball where it needs to go. Be that on for leader in, in, in general and, and high IQ and, and, and a nice addition, a nice um, compliment to, you know, the other dynamic players on this roster. It's just, yeah. I mean, you know, after last year, a definitely disappointing year and, and you, know, you got to look at it this year. This is all eyes are on Natalie Achanwa and what she can bring to this team. I, I just don't see them moving her. Yeah, no, I, I just don't see a way that you can, um, you know, I do think that, the Lynx have an advantage in the sense of I would like to think the relationship between Syl and Cheryl Reeve is good enough that if she's planning on leaving, the Lynx know before other teams know. If she's planning on like not even coming back, just straight up retiring, as she mentioned in her postseason press conference, I would assume the Lynx would have an upper hand on knowing that and be able to make, you know, a big turn 
secured contract offer to some teams. Keep in mind, protected contracts, they have only four in use right now, which means they got two open ones. So, you know, that is, I would say, you know, maybe that's a 10 to 20K bump in in the mind of a player, right? Like you're making less money, but it kind of equals out to if a team was going to offer you 10 to 20K more um, just because it is protected. You're not going anywhere. Even if you have a crap season, um, you're still getting your money and you're still getting in that next year if that's a protected contract also. So I think it's it's an interesting aspect, I guess. Excuse me. The question for me is, you know, is there, and we've already kind of talked about this, but is there a big, that kind of screams out to you if Sylvia Fowles isn't coming back that you would think that the Lynx should make a hard play for? You know, I mean, what about Tina Charles? I was actually going to talk about that. I said, can you imagine? I mean, because if, if you're talking about Tina getting a ring, like where, where could that be? I mean, like someone brought up Tina Charles in Seattle and I about fell off the chair. Um, but maybe Minnesota as well. I mean, you know, I, I mean, especially if, I mean, obviously, Phil, if, if, if Fowles doesn't return, okay. Um, I just, I, I'm the more we talk and the more I look at this situation, it's it's really interesting to me because you've got Achanwa, Dantas, um, and Shepard, who have, we've seen what Demaris Dantas can do, you know, especially in the bubble. Um, but you've got some players here that if I'm Cheryl Reeve, I'm looking at going, okay, this, this, this compliment to Fowles, assuming she's going back, is wide open. It's it's yours for the taking. Um, who are kind of vying for that second fiddle spot in the interior. And 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 honestly, I mean, Jessica Shepard's career is trending in the right direction. She very easily this could be a big breakout year for her in the W. Um, I think she has. I like that. Take. I think she. I'd put money yeah, on that. I think she has the potential. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm putting too much. But, but I mean, between, between the injury and last year, I mean, only had a chance to play ten and a half minutes a game. But now you're getting a chance. Now you've got a chance to really secure some minutes. Now you've ha- you've got your feet wet in the league for a couple years. You've got some confidence from playing overseas. Like, I don't know. This this could be um, a game changer. So, I think. <sighs> Does it have to go the direction that we're talking? I think you you toy around with it. You see who you can attract. You see who you can kind of talk to. But at the end of the day, this situation may not be, you know, as confusing as as we're making it out to be. Assuming you're bringing back Clarendon and Fowles. Yeah, I mean, I think the the fact of the matter is we're talking from an aspect of let's play out all the different options. Sure, it's very possible yeah. that one of these options is the clear path that this team is taking that we just don't know about. Right. And it's, I mean, and, and that's just, yeah. And it's a situation yeah. of opportunity. I mean, there's a literally a wide open opportunity here for players to step up. And, and as a competitor, like that's what you want and who's going to be that. And I think that's going to be really cool to see. Yeah. I mean, I could very well see them picking up, you know, some sort of big uh, to be serviceable, but are they going to be, you know, sure. again, we talked about like this. A They're going to, yeah. if, if they bring back Sill at expected contract, if they bring back Lasia at the team-friendly contract, you're looking at a situation where either they can make a move so that they can get their draft player and a big, a vet free agent, or you can only have one or the other. Like, realistically, it's one or the other, and that's kind of where the path goes. Any final thoughts for this team? No, I. it's it's really interesting to break this down. I think what's, what's appealing with Minnesota is just the opportunity and the potential. I mean, it's kind of similar kind of similar but like not really to to Washington because obviously Washington was just 
a very, it was a series of just unfortunate events. You know, we just never got to see that team and what it was designed to be. I feel like that's come with a, a similar situation in Minnesota, even though they had an exponentially amount more, more success. Um, and, and they're just right on that cusp, but I, I'm excited because of just the potential to see, you know, the, 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 the players step up and, and, and who is, who's going to be kind of that next wave. All right. This next generational talent for Minnesota and all eyes, in my opinion, Jessica Shepard, Dangerfield, you know, you got to look at, there's some pressure on a Chanwa now, um, how do players, um, you know, perform under that. So it's, it's going to be really interesting. I just, I, I just pray for my sanity and for just everything that Sylvia Fowles returns. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. Cause like, honestly, as, as a fan of the league and of the game, yeah. You know, Sylvia Fowles is the greatest yeah. true center to ever play the game. And to be playing um, basketball the way she's been playing it at 35 is phenomenal. So, yeah, I mean, she, you know, I know that there's talks of, oh, is this her last year? Could she have already played her last year? Like the way she played last year, she could easily play into her 40s the way she was playing. Now, the other player we haven't really talked about enough that I just want to, you know, we talk about Jessica Shepard possibly having a breakout year trending upwards, completely agree. Mm-hmm. The other player that I got my eyes on is Ariel Powers, a player who has shown the superstar potential, sure. but consistency is the question. Injured last year due, due to not coming into training camp uh, fully, you know, game ready. She didn't go overseas last year, um, so she had a little learning curve to grow up on. But I think that's where it kind of comes down to. I realize we're going way over on this episode just because it's really interesting. Um, And Gus Gus has a lot to say about it. So I think we can call this an episode, but I think it's it's a a good kind of leeway into we're going to check back in on all these teams. We've been doing all the different teams doing these free agency breakdowns. We're going to we're going to get into that. Um, And it's an interesting aspect to kind of revisit all of these topics come midway through free agency, post free agency pre-draft, post-draft, and preseason. And don't forget, those talks begin the 15th, tomorrow. Tomorrow. You got to get your cores in. If you're a team who has a core available, get your cores in. Yeah, Yeah, that has to be done today by 5 o'clock Eastern time. So right now, the only people with cores are Connecticut and uh, Chicago. So we'll see. 